Welcome to the Crazy Confidence Podcast, where I'm going to help you explore areas where you can be more confident in your body, in business, in motherhood, in friendships. We're going to talk about it all. I'm ready for you to stop falling asleep to your life and start living the life you are called to live with confidence. I'm your host, Nikki Wilson. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, I think you're going to love this episode. We are interviewing today Coach Sandra Stotten, and I really love her. I was drawn to her from the first moment I saw her. She is a personal trainer who helps women escape the fat equals failure narrative, reclaim their bodies, and live confidently. Well, you know I'm all about that confident life. And this sister just really embodies confidence. Um, I think you're really going to love her. Make sure to look her up on Instagram and Facebook as This Girl Dominates. She's amazing. You're going to love her. Okay, let's go on to the interview with Sandra. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay, guys. I'm super excited for you to meet Sandra today. She I, and I asked her by the way. I was like, "Is it elegant Midwestern Sandra?" <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's Sandra Jean. Sandra Jean. Are you from Texas? No. No, my my dad is from Southern Illinois, like right on the border of Kentucky. Okay, so that that has a little bit of like country. Yeah, yeah. So do it. Yeah, no. Before I got married, my my name was Sandra Jean Barnhill. I love it. (laughs) So anyway, you guys. So Sandra, thank you for being with us. I have to tell you guys. So she was at the top of my list for these crazy confidence society chats. Um, I actually walked into, I, I was in a mastermind and the mastermind was for fitness professionals. And I kind of walked in, in a room in Boston and there was immediately, I think I probably walked in late and had the last <laughs> Cause I, I, I sat down next to this beautiful woman with this fiery, like red, like red <laughs> and purplish hair. Yeah. Not, not natural purple hair. No, no, no. It was like, it was like done. And I sat next to her and she smiled and it was this radiant, beautiful smile. And I just loved her. Like a lot of times you can walk into those fitness things and I'm not trying to be judgy on people, but I feel like everybody kind of sizes everybody up and people do that in every. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I just bop in with my little Texas self. <laughs> hey, y'all. Oh, hi. And nobody else there is really like that, but she was just like the warmest person Aww. and just so radiantly beautiful. So I was immediately attracted to her and started following her on Instagram. This girl dominates. Yes. And y'all, you got to go follow her. And I will, ta- we'll talk about that at the end of the interview, but 
one of the things I love about Sandra, she's a personal trainer and she really, what she says she does is she helps women escape fat equals failure. Yes. Yes. Old narrative that we ourselves that fat equals failure. And I think one of the things I love about you, Sandra, and we'll talk in a minute, I promise. Um, but I have to do all the bragging because people are too humble to really like brag on themselves. But like, <laughs> thank you. Is a body positive movement right. that is um, like fat activism, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I think it's a good thing. What I love about what you do is your narrative is a little bit different where you're like, Hey, we can still do all the workouts. We can still do all the things mm-hmm. and still not have the narrative of like fat equals failure. Right. right. Like yours has got a little spin to it, which I love. Cause you're kind of like every, we're all inclusive, like, you know, health at every size, um, anti-diet, but also like, Hey, this girl, by the way, if you follow her on Instagram, she gives some workouts that are really hard. Like I just <laughs> workouts. I'm like, dude, that ain't easy. I don't like them bands. So I just love her take on the fat does not equal failure. So can you talk to me a little bit about that, Sandra? Like how did you come up with that? Yeah. Well, um, basically, I mean, it's just having been like fat my entire life. Um, I just, I always grew up feeling that. And obviously, like we all know, it's a message that's just reinforced constantly, like thinner is better, smaller is better. I mean, I can remember specifically one time having a doctor tell me like, listen, Sandra, like you're, you're just not ever going to be small. Like it just, you're not built that way. Like it's, that's just not in your future. And that that was okay, which is kind of weird. I think a somewhat of an opposite experience that a lot of bigger people have going to the doctor, but to me, that was like crushing because I felt like, oh my God, this means like I can never be successful. You know, this means I can never be happy or confident or, you know, like wear a two-piece swimsuit or whatever. Like it was like somewhat dooming when it, I guess it it was meant to be a kind of a, a liberating message, but I just didn't, I didn't perceive it that way because I had always thought, and I had always been told too, I suppose, you know, through messaging, just being bullied by kids that like, it was not okay to be fat. That was bad. And it really took me, I mean, I think I wore shorts confidently when I was 31 years old. So it took a long time for me to like, break out of that, that narrative that like, you know what, like, yeah, my legs are fat, but it's cool. I can still not be sweating. (laughs) Like I I still like deserve to be comfortable in this weather. Yes. Oh my God. I know. I see that all the time. Like wearing certain clothes is a, is a deal. It is like, like we have told ourselves these narratives of like, my legs don't look right or that I have cellulite. And so like shorts are out of the question. Or shirts are out of the question because I have quote unquote big arms. Right. And I'm over here like, y'all, we live in Texas. (laughs) Yeah. And Sandra, like, this is like basically Hades. Yeah. And like, you do not have the option. No. Vanity out the window. But I know that's not as easy as it sounds. Like people are very shamed by 
body parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just like, especially the further you are away from like, whatever the ideal is, like whatever the standard is, you know, like as you get further from that, it gets even harder, you know, cause it's not like, oh, well I'm a size 10 and yeah, I still have my, you know, the 10 pounds of baby belly or whatever. Like when you are visibly fat, like people see that, you know, and then you wear shorts and a tank top and now you're kind of like putting it out there. Like here it is. Yeah. Do you feel like, have you experienced people saying to you, like you shouldn't be wearing that? Um, Of like a judgment only because we know what we're marketed. Right. Right. So I guess maybe that's one of like the biggest surprises, right? And like I said, this is not something that I endeavored to do like in my young years. Like in my younger years, I like covered it all up. I think, you know, by the time I started wearing shorts and stuff like that, like I realized the majority of people around me that I care about don't care. Like it wasn't even a thing. And, you know, like when I would go out, like you get some people who maybe, who, Maybe, you know, and I think, I mean, I too have a little bit of like, you know, I'm not on the larger spectrum of, of being fat. So like, I do have a little bit of, you know, leeway, I guess, in that too, you know, but you know, I, I fully expected more commentary than I got, but at the same time, like it had taken me 31 years to get there. And I think I sort of walked in with the attitude of like, say it say it <laughs> like go ahead I don't even came out like, come at me right come now. at me yeah. like I have been hot for 31 years <laughs> bring yeah. it yeah you know yes I love it so one of the things we talk about in or what we've talked about we've only this is our second month running but it's just like I've had the members in crazy confidence society identify lies that they have told themselves and maybe somebody had told them. Yeah. They have, you know how we just like adapt and like wear that lie. Yeah. What were some of your lies that you, I didn't give her these questions in advance. So, <laughs> so yeah. Off like, the cuff, what, are, yeah. what are maybe like a couple of lies that you feel like either you lived under until you were 31. Yeah. From under it. Like what are some of the main themes I think even just delving a little further into like the fat equals failure, because I feel like that's like a multifaceted thing Mm -hmm. because it's not only failure, like in the sense of like, I'm failing to live up to a physical image of what I should be. But like, I was literally convinced for a long time that like, it just meant that I was a failure. Like I didn't have self-control. People weren't going to, um, you know, they would think I was lazy or I was undisciplined or anything like that, you know? And those were the big ones, like that it wasn't worth investing in myself, like in my health or like a relationship or um, career or whatever. Like if I didn't lose the weight first, like losing weight was sort of like the entry fee into like society. Oh, that's good. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's the big one. Like I, I held back and and this too has like been a, a more recent, like thing that I'm coming to realize, like I never, 
I don't think I ever really put two and two together, like how much that whole concept of like fat equals failure, like how that actually manifested in so many different areas of my life, like in areas where it feels like it, it shouldn't even matter. And like it did because, you know, it affects how you feel about yourself. Did you feel like, was it something that even affected your schooling? Like, did you feel like why even bother or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I always try, like, so I'm really smart. Um, I did really well in school. Like school came pretty easy to me, like from an academic standpoint, but, um, like I, I was bullied a lot in school, so I didn't want to go. Um, and I basically like arranged my whole life to like go as little as possible. Um, and especially through high school, like when I was, um, when I was in sixth grade, you know, seventh grade, um, I like, there were some kids on the bus who would just be like brutal to me and they would just bully me, bully me. And I was so scared to ride the bus. So actually every day from the time I was in seventh grade until I was able to drive myself to school, my parents drove me and picked me up because I was just so like traumatized. That was the only way I was going. Like I was not getting on that bus, you know, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like make it a thing and bring more attention to myself. And, you know, Right. So yeah, it definitely, it definitely affected me. Like I would sit in class and like I'd finish a test or something and I wouldn't go turn it in because I didn't want to be the first one to get up. Like I didn't want people to see me. I wanted to walk up with the crowd or like walking into a room with like, you know, these old fashioned desks and knowing that there are certain ones that like, I just don't fit in. <laughs> like, where am I going to sit? Like trying to get to class early to like move things around and like all these considerations that all had to do with like how people were going to perceive me. You know, um, when I went to college, I went to community college. And so I had actually started working at a law firm and I was working full time and I was going to school at night and I made the decision to go to school at night and to do it that way because I wanted to go to school with adults. Like I didn't want to go to school with the kids I had gone to school with, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it affected me. I mean, it like a major choice. I didn't go away to college like for that. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to be around people my own age. Like I was just terrified of what people would think about me. So yeah, it affected everything, everything. And like, like I've said, even now, like I'm still, you know, like uh, something occasionally pop into my head and I look back at it. I'm like, damn it. That's another one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) another thing that I didn't do. I think it's because, you know, I always tell the members like exposing the lie. It kind of brings all this stuff out because we don't even realize, I think what we believe about ourselves and it affects every freaking decision. Right. That you make. Yes. Yes. It's like we, and, and unless you bring it to the light and you like address it and identify it, you're like, Oh, well, I, I had never even like thought, I just thought that was normal. Like I was living like this normal, normal, right. Miserable life or miserable existence, but, but it is normal. It is normal. Like it's modeled for you. Like it is normal to worry about looking thin in a dress. It is normal to be overly concerned with your appearance. So true. You know what I mean? Yes. So tell me then Sandra, like tell me what your relationship was with like dieting. It was terrible. 
I, it was a constant roller coaster. I was constantly on a diet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the diet. Or, like, dieting was great, and I love it. And I, I know. Going I'm so glad I spent my life doing it. Uh, it was fabulous. I was fabulous while I was dieting, I'm sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, so dieting, it was constant. I was always trying to lose weight, and I was always failing at that, and then regaining it and whatever, which we know the you know, most common side effects of, of dieting long-term or weight gain. So we know that's the case, but dieting, I mean, messed up my relationship with fitness too, it, because I only could ever view fitness in the context of dieting. Like the two went together. If I was going to work out, I had to eat a certain way. Otherwise, what was the point of working out if I didn't eat this way? You know what I mean? And so it was it was constant. Like I could never have a healthy relationship with anything, with anything, because I was constantly on a diet or like in a like binge cycle of like depression from falling off of said diet. Failing and then failing that cycle. Right. Yeah. And, and repeat, 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 repeat. And that is, I mean, that's, my whole life, my whole life. And then the only, you know, the only way that I could like find a medium was to be like, well, I just don't care. I just don't care. And like, if you tell yourself like, I just don't care. I don't need to like, I mean, I wouldn't really ever do my hair or do my makeup or do anything. Like I didn't want to be noticed, but I was like, you know what? It's cool. I don't care. I don't care. It's just that I don't care. I don't care about these things. I don't care about appearances, but inside it was like, Okay, I could tell myself that, but I I wasn't like I had no confidence. I it wasn't like a I'm just choosing that, you know what? I don't need to do my hair and my makeup. I'm just choosing that like I don't want to, I I want to dress modestly or whatever. Like I wasn't making those choices from some place of like it's my power and my decision, you know, but you fail enough diets and you don't lose the weight and you just start to feel like you're a failure at everything. You know, girl, so good. And like, it's such the women's story, like women, and especially, I think like women born in smaller bodies, but I think especially like, I think my eyes were just really opened the past like five years to like women born in larger bodies. We are not taught any good. I mean, you had a doctor who was actually like, Hey, you're probably going to be this size. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which he was also because that is not our society's infrastructure is not made for like anybody beyond a size 10, you know what I mean? Just like anything else is like, Oh, you've really made it in spite of your struggles, but you're like, no, (laughs) right. You know, I, I just think like, I've had so much compassion for people like born in larger bodies because we all struggle with the diet cycle and how it sucks and how it F's up our relationship with everything. Mm -hmm. But then like actually to like feel like you said, like the entry point into just society, like trying anything in society is like, yeah, lose weight. Right. You know, right. So uh, tell me about like your relationship with fitness then, because you love fitness. Like, yeah, fitness is, and I, I totally relate because I think everybody marries fitness and dieting together initially. And then it has to take you on a journey of like 
movement for joy and all that stuff that absolutely get to like, it's always my hope, but tell us about your relationship with exercise because it's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. So really, I mean, everything sort of changed for me after I got pregnant. So I got pregnant when I was 30 with my daughter. So it kind of all, this is sort of like the long, the long way around because my relationship with fitness didn't change until my relationship with my body changed. So like fitness was kind of a tool that I used to help reinforce what I was trying to change in my head because I knew that the answer was not just working out or the answer was not just eating. Cause that's, a, that's just another kind of diet thing, right? Like I had to do the head work. So um, when I was 20 weeks pregnant, that's when I found out I was having a girl and that just like messed with me. It totally messed with me. Cause like I said, I talk about why it messed with you because so I had had this childhood of, you know, like being bullied for being larger and my mom is bigger and my grandma was bigger. So like now I'm thinking like, Oh my God, I am like dooming my daughter to this life of like just being made fun of and not feeling good enough and all of these things. And, um, I mean, I would just pray like my husband is like super tall and lean and like his, um, like the women in his family tend to have like more of that body style. And I would just like be praying like, come on, please let her get like his genetics, you know, just this, like, it's crazy to even think about. Um, and it just, it, it hit me at one point. So one of my doctor's appointments, she had made some comment, which I kind of didn't understand and I didn't. I guess I didn't really know how to like advocate for myself to like have it more thoroughly explained or whatever, but that my daughter was very big. And then there was some concern about like gestational diabetes or whatever. I was freaking out because I I was so scared that I would have a daughter who was fat and doom her. And so I wanted her to have my husband's genetics, tall, lean, the women in his family are taller, they're leaner. Um, I just, I didn't want her to have the same experiences that I did. So I would like, it was the weirdest thing because on the one hand here, I'm thinking I've like some kind of like diabetes and I'm like doomed my child, you know, whatever. But then on the other hand, the only thing I can like think in that moment is like, I really want a cookie. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like eating an ice cream cookie and just like crying. (laughs) It's like, I'm already failing motherhood. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like I'm still pregnant. Like, how did I fail this so early? Just preemptively fail. Because. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I just, it just, at some point I was like, okay, like this is messed up. And like, I don't, I don't know exactly like what triggered the moment where I was like, you know, I need, like, I need to do something different because like, okay, there is a very real possibility that she's going to have my genetics. I mean, like 50%. (laughs) This is like a coin toss at this point. Um, And like, why do I think that that means she's doomed? You know, and and how do I change that? Because like, how can I relay that to her that like no matter what her body type is, like it doesn't have to affect her worth. And it's weird too, but like, I mean, I know you're a mom too. So like you... I, I would have never had that thought process thinking about myself. Like there was no like introspection of like, well, why did I let that bother me during childhood and, and blah, blah, blah. Like until it was like, okay, I either pass this on or I don't like, I, I have to make that decision. So it kind of started there. 
I had a weird sort of experience during pregnancy, like in the last month or so. It's the funniest thing. And I may, maybe some other plus size women can relate to this, but like when you're like full on pregnant, it's like the first time in my life that like I was acceptably fat. Like I would wear tight shirts and like, it was cool that I was fat because I was pregnant. Yeah. You know, there's this weird like body worship that comes along with being pregnant. Yeah. Um, but like, it kind of made me see like, well, like, okay, like, can I feel that? Like, otherwise, I mean, it, like, yeah. who's deciding that like, it's unacceptable, you know? So I just, I just started asking myself a lot of questions. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, what am I thinking? Like, why do, you know, like, okay, if I, if I want to have, if I want to pass on a mindset to her, like, what do I need to do and say and whatever? Um, yeah, yeah. So after I had her, I gained a lot of weight being home. So I only had gained seven pounds while I was pregnant. So I did not gain weight, which actually is pretty common. I think for larger women, we gain less weight during pregnancy. So <laughs> I had nobody to blame. <laughs> I was like, well, I left the hospital weighing less than I did when I got pregnant. So uh, <laughs> this is just me. <laughs> no excuses. But um, I gained a lot of weight, though, because like just I, I didn't realize like when you're you know, like nursing and stuff with like a newborn, like you are sitting like 90% of the time. Yeah. And like the times that you're standing up, you're like, I'm going to somehow get into a shower. Yeah. And then sit back down because by then the baby's up and they need to eat and you're like back down. You know, I mean, it was like, just grab a bagel or just grab, you know, like I wasn't like a, a planner. I'm not a planner. Like I didn't have freezer meals. Like honestly, I was like in full blown labor and like completely in denial of it. And my sister-in-law is like, you need to pack your hospital bag. I'm like, I still have work to do. Like, I am not. It's not time. It's not on I know. I know. I called her up like, look, look, let's go out to dinner. And she's like timing contractions during dinner. She's like, you're in labor. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not. But, you know, so I went into this whole thing super prepared for post-pregnancy, clearly. Yes. Clearly, I was well prepared. But, you know, like I just, I gained a lot of weight from just sitting on my butt and uh, eating crappy foods. And I mean, I uh, took a long time to get to a point where I'm like, that's fine. You know, it was the price I paid. It's, I, I don't feel like it makes me a failure. I don't even think if I had a second baby, I'd do anything any differently. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, <laughs> it worked. It's fine. Um. But yeah, so then after that, you know, I really did. I was feeling like kind of sluggish and I was feeling like I needed more energy and I just, I, I decided to work out. And so when I first started working out, um, I, my, my girlfriend was like, oh, well, let's get a group on for CrossFit and let's go. And I was like, okay, you know, I used to lift weights. I'm cool. Let's go do it. And I wound up at this like really awesome CrossFit gym and the trainers were just like super encouraging and just really awesome. And it was like, um, even the other people that went there and maybe it's just like, I just lucked out, like God put me at the right location because I, even though like I was like the biggest one there, I never felt like weird. You know what I mean? I never felt singled out, which is also a kind of unique experience, but I started working out and I, I didn't really work on anything related to the diet, like to what I was eating because I was trying just to like 
you know, I just want to feel strong. Like that's what I, my goal was. Like I'm not, I didn't weigh myself. I didn't watch what I eat. I never tracked macros. I never tracked my food. Like I never did any of that. Like, you know, I just want to be strong. And that's what I kept telling myself. Like That's why I'm going to work out. And I think that's when my relationship with working out started to change. And then when I started talking to people about it and I'd be like, so like, have you ever just worked out like just to do it, you know, like not like, but like not been on a diet, you know, and like the number of people who are like, no, (laughs) what, what? They're not like, it's not like peanut butter and jelly. They don't have to go together. Yes. You know, (laughs) like people have never done that. Or like one of the, um, one post that I posted on Instagram that, um, I got a lot of, I got a, a lot of interesting feedback about, um, I went to a party. I joined this like size acceptance group and I went to a party and I was just kind of a, like a sponsor there just talking about fitness stuff and whatever. And, um, this whole concept of body positive fitness. And I talked to this woman who's like, you know, she knows at this point that I'm a trainer and whatever. And she comes up to me and she's like a bigger lady. And she's talking about how like, oh, well, she just goes to the gym three days a week, you know, and like a lot of good it's doing her. And she's like grabbing her stomach and stuff. And she's like, but you know, I work full time and I'm in nursing school, you know, she's like, so I just do it for stress relief, but I haven't lost any weight. And I looked at her and I'm like, you are, you work full time and you're in nursing school and you still make it to the gym three days a week. It is amazing that you're using that for stress relief because that is an overwhelming schedule. So like, good for you. Like you don't need to weigh yourself, you know? And it was like this whole idea that people had like never heard that. Like there's more than one thing that happens when you work out. Like weight loss is like one thing that can happen. Right? But like there's this, yeah, it's right? Even that, like I'm everything I read now is like eh, it's like okay to do that, but really it doesn't matter all that much. I'm like yeah, yeah, so many benefits to it beyond the weight loss. But again, that is an undoing, right? Right. This knotted web that you just have to kind of pull out the yarn little by little to say that like, hey, maybe I just like it. Right, right. And is that all right? Yeah. I know. See if I like it. Right, right. Like this, um, you know, it just it, like in some ways it, it really like it broke my heart for this woman that like she like nobody told her it was okay to be proud of herself. Like she's out there, she's like achieving what she wants, she's working really hard and like she's managing her stress in a completely healthy way and um you know like she's coming to these like size acceptance events like she's doing all the head work and she's working on it and like nobody was like no it's okay to be proud of yourself like your body does not exclude you from that you know and like but she didn't know that she didn't know that that was okay and and i think that's that's kind of why you know i've always been more interested in like talking to, well, I talk to plus size women because that's what I am. So that's where I have my life experience. So that makes sense. Um, but I feel like definitely like we are a group that has, is somewhat excluded from traditional fitness. Like we don't really have a piece in the puzzle when we talk about traditional fitness, but more than that, I feel like our, 
our success at fitness is always judged by one metric. And there's so many options out there, so many options out there about what the role that fitness can play in your life. And that's, that's why I talk about fitness as like my power tool, because like I use fitness, like for me, it's about being strong. Like strength is my thing. And then I also like to dance a lot because yeah. that, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, strength to me, it's like when I, when I move through my day and like, you know, I'm carrying all the groceries in from the car in one trip, like one trip or bus. I don't care how much I spent. You're that person. Yeah. Like all down the yes. hall. <laughs> yes. I am that person because I am making around the net I know. I know. My purse, I'm like holding my purse in my yeah. teeth. Yes. <laughs> like I it's one trip. It. But the problem is I always forget to pull out my key first, which is just like, and you're like, yeah, like that one. Yeah. I'm kicking the door with my foot, hoping somebody is popping it out of your mouth and just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I like, like feeling strong. It, that translates into a lot of areas in my life, you know? Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, I love it. What, what are your favorite workouts right now? Um, so I. Gosh, everything I do right now is like so random, but I'm really getting into this like flow, like these strength flows. I don't know if you've seen them. I follow a few people on Instagram. I love weird workouts. And I know, I know. Yeah, I'm a. I I don't know. I started this thing where I I just say I actually got this from a girlfriend of mine, and it's 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 been pretty brilliant for me. So she does this like 300 reps workout. And basically, like, she'll just start doing things, and it, and it works out to, like, 300 reps. And, like, so she'll throw in a few of these and a few of those and kind of, like, a hodgepodge of stuff. Yes. And then yes. the end of it, you're like, wow, I got a good workout. Or 300 reps, and you can check it off. <laughs> check it off. <laughs> you know? I think, I think one of the things, you know, I think people are so afraid of fitness in because it's married to dieting a lot of times mm -hmm. people prescribe is like you need to be doing you know whatever running 20 hours and you know or or it, everything is very like prescriptive right um which is i mean I, I get it a little bit to an extent because a lot of people just don't know where to start and i think once you start really getting into fitness like you were saying like the flow of it is kind of just like hey do what feels right. Right. Like you might be about to start your period and what you normally do doesn't feel good today. So it's okay to be like, well, I'm just going to walk and do some walking lunges. Yeah. Do a couple yeah. of rolls. But it, I, I just think we have to let go of like the prescriptive nature of it. Right. To right. Experience it for joy, for just as movement, as a means for stress relief as a means for like hormonal balance, you know, like there is that too. Right. Right. You know? So absolutely. I mean, it was just hard. It's hard to unweave from diet culture. It totally is. It's, uh, it's ongoing work. Yeah. It's ongoing work. It's like, it's just like everything. Okay. <laughs> so real quick, Sandra, so you got pregnant. That was kind of your aha moment of like, mm -hmm. let's, let's change. Was there anything else just as for my listeners, like 
that was like a turning point for you that really helped you have this confidence that you do because you're a very confident woman. Like you guys, I'm going to send you a picture of her just because, and then you'll follow her. <laughs> I told you Sandra, I said, now look, we, the audio, we are videoing, but the audio will be here. I'm like, this girl has on her hair is done. She looks all yeah. And I'm over here like, have I brushed my teeth? No, thank you. <laughs> um, but she looks good all the time. So what, what, you're like such a confident person. Like it radiates out. Do you feel that way? Do you feel confident now? Like more now than then, yeah. uh, I guess. Um, so, you know, for me, I've found like the most useful thing that I do is pause and just ask myself like, okay, like I'm, I acknowledge a feeling. I'm feeling insecure. Why am I feeling insecure? And then I find like, you know, the path to power, right? Like I'm feeling insecure because I'm worried about people will, how people will receive me. Like, what can I do about that? Well, I cannot do anything about that, but I can work on making sure that I feel prepared or I feel whatever. So just finding the areas where like, there's an action that I can take that's going to make me feel better. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Like you have to let go of like, okay, this is, I can't control this, you know? And like, I know that my insecurity around that is rooted in like this whole history that I have. And like, it's okay that this feeling has come up. Like that doesn't ever make me feel like I'm a failure because I still get insecure about things or I still, you know, but it's like, what can I do like in this moment to make myself feel better? That's so good. What did you say that that is you pause? I pause. That like is the pause. Power, the power of pause. The power of pause. Yeah. You have to stop and like. Good. But you know what I find so interesting about that, Sandra, and I love that, is that is all the practice of being intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, you know, that that's, people are like, how are you intuitive either? Like, oh God. I'm like, well, it requires a lot of me to know me. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I have to know myself. I have to pause. I have to be like, wait, like, am I emotionally eating? Wait, am I about to start? Wait, am I like full and just, am I still hungry? Like I need to give myself permission to explore myself. Right. You just, that's hard for people. It is. Yeah, it is. And it's hard too, to like disassociate feelings of shame and guilt from like what you're feeling. Like it's, it's very easy to like, I'm to keep telling yourself the story, right? Like I'm insecure. I'm this, I'm that. Like it's, it's very easy to be like, let that spiral. I, now I'm a failure. Like I can't even do this. I can't even do that. Like why, why can't I just walk into this networking event? Like, why can't I just do that? You know, like somehow I'm not good enough or I don't have what it takes. You know what I mean? Versus like, okay, you know what? I'm, I have, insecurities around xyz about this event what can i do to make myself feel better how can i prepare you know and sometimes like even <laughs> this an interesting story that i've i've sort of applied i'm going to use like a little crossfit analogy here but one of the coaches at crossfit had told me that she had entered a crossfit competition and she came in last place and how it was like the best thing that ever happened to her because she's like what happens when you come in last place at a crossfit competition and i was like what she's like nothing and i was like oh like nothing like here you're terrified 
you're going to come in last place and what's going to happen. It turns out nothing happens, you know? So it's like, all right, well, let's stroll down the scenario. What am I nervous about? Okay. What if that happens? Like, here we go. And then I just kind of walked down that like, all right, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for anything now. That's so true. I love that. And I love what you said too about this, like everything anybody thinks about us is out of our control anyway. Completely. Like they might think you're great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Control too. Like, right. Maybe you didn't do anything different than you did for the person who was judging you. Right. So right. That's so good. I love it. Oh my God, girl. This has been such a good talk. Anything, any other way, Sandra, as we're leaving that you practice having crazy confidence that other people are just like, wow. <laughs> Crazy confident. You know what I mean? Like, is there yeah. anything you do that just makes you super crazy confident? You know what? I think at the end of the day, it's like, I just do me. And like that, you start doing you enough and it just, you become like, you know what? This is me. This is me. It's like, I even look at like makeup. Oh, like you mentioned, right? I, I'm wearing too much of it. I always do. Um, and that's a relatively new thing because I'm like, trying to learn how to do it and sometimes it totally flops and whatever but it's like you know now I just kind of have this reputation as somebody who has wild makeup so like I love your makeup it's you know so it works it's like I I the first few times I was like oh is this crazy is this whatever and I just kept doing it and now uh, you know repetition just keep doing it just keep doing you keep doing you oh so good Sandra Tell us what you're these days, where we can find you. Okay, so I'm on Instagram, at This Girl Dominates. Um, same thing on Facebook. I'm working on a few things. I'm um, kind of working on a fitness-based program that's a lot about the mindset of fitness and a, a new sort of fitness mindset. Um, I guess you could say like a body-positive fitness, but... I don't want to use that term, so I'm I'm trying to. <laughs> um, it's you know work in progress. Yes. Um, and actually, the other thing that I'm getting into is I'm going to uh, be hosting some live events related to mm-hmm. self defense and boundary setting and being assertive, uh, and work on that. More in person events. Oh, in person is where it's at. I love it, Sandra. This was the best interview. I, I love you. I love everything. Oh, I love you too. Huge fan of yours, just so you know. Aw, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. And I'm super pumped to get this out to my members. I think you're going to love it. Oh, it's been fun, Nikki. Thanks, girl.